I'm Paige, the host of Reverie True Crime. I tell stories of helpless victims, vicious killers, predators watching their prey before they strike, survivors, petty crimes, people we think we know who do the unthinkable, and the dangers that lurk not only in the dead of night, but in plain sight and the light of day. Every once in a while, I'll also tell stories of the frightening paranormal, elusive cryptids, haunted locations, and conspiracies that may be silly or thought-provoking. You can listen to Reverie True Crime wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Reverie Crime Pod. Facebook, Instagram, and even Tumblr at Reverie True Crime. Remember, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings at all times, and take care. going now i'm going okay good making sure i'm using the right fucking microphone this time that would be i am (laughs) i apologize for last week i thought i was using the right microphone and totally was not but now yep that's that microphone (laughs) (laughs) and as usual i am perfect Oh, yeah, never, did, <laughs> never done a thing wrong. I've never done anything wrong in ever in my life. 223 episodes, not a single mistake. Uh, anyway. We're all thinking of that one episode. I, we don't need to say it. Um, how are you? I'm sore. Oh? I went to the gym. Oh. Because I'm getting fucking swole this year. Hell yeah. Before I turn 30 and my body just disintegrates like <laughs> the Wicked Witch when she gets water poured on her. Like the Gen Z's say. Yeah, I want to ask for our Gen Z listeners, why do y'all think that like the second you turn 20, you turn into Prince Philip? I really want to know. 20? I really want to know. It's like, I I, it, I think it's 20. I think 20 is maybe... 20 maybe is the new 85? 23. Maybe 23. But like... I, I would love to know this because I feel like that in and of itself is a true crime or it's about to be if another 17-year-old Target employee tells me I look good for my age. Like, I just want to know. I just want to know. 24 is when I finally gave in to the fact that I'm lactose intolerant. Oh. So maybe God, that's, that's when you're old. That's miserable. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was, oh. it was a rough one. But now I drink I mean, lactate milk and it's fine. Well, and I was going to say, at least now we're in like the alternative milk renaissance <laughs> yeah perfect they have oat milk at duncan <laughs> they have oat milk at duncan see what more could we she can need normal. everybody uh, anyway what are she we talking might be, about i was gonna say she might be dying at 30 but like at least she'll have oat milk until then 30 um, dirty and dying 30 dirty and dying i love it i love it this is the energy i want to continue this year with um so yeah speaking of energy Today, we will be talking about Chad Wheeler, 
And just a little quick PSA at the top of this episode. Um, I do not know football very well. Okay. This is this is going to come as a surprise to probably no one. Uh, but I don't know if anybody knows this. My expertise lies in like true crime, pop culture, and like not really sports. Mm-hmm. Um, which that being said, so my knowledge of football extends to like the snacks, the puppies, and the silly commercials. Okay. And that's pretty much it. I feel like that might be also like a, there's a good overlap with our demographic that listens I was gonna to this say, podcast. Yeah. It's a it's a Venn diagram for sure. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the Google tells me that the Super Bowl is this weekend, and so I figured I would host us a little Super Bowl party. I and know that's why we're talking the about Washington uh, football team is now the commander. Commanders? Oh, are they? Might be. Cool. Yeah. We we like that because they were something probably fucked up before. They were the Redskins. Oh, okay. That's yeah. fucked up. I they were the Redskins for way too long. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, yeah. if anybody has a team that's named after like indigenous peoples, I would say it's been too long. Yeah. Um, but that's like, I think it was Glennon Doyle wanted the chiefs to be renamed the chefs <laughs> and i was like that's genius that's excellent they're just um, so more stoked to be able to sell more merch like i think like that is like yeah. a big a big thing with changing the name because they're like look at all this new merch you guys get to get yeah like come on Whatever. get some team pride if that's your thing if that's your i mean what are we not doing this year yucking people's yums yeah um so yeah not to yuck a yum but we are gonna yuck Chad because, as I said to Haley, this he's will yuck. probably get me in trouble. He's yuck, okay, and he's big yuck, and he's he's. I I told you that's this what will we specialize in, in: big yuck in this big podcast. Big yuck, <laughs> home of the big yuck crime culture. That's our um, new tagline. That's it. That's it. Forget. See you next Tuesday. Um, just big yuck. Uh, but yeah, um. At the risk of getting in trouble with certain people, I he's a total fucking Chad. He's a Chad. Like, uh, uh, the more y'all re- read, the and more is, y'all listen to this episode, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Is Chad, he's a Chad. Is Chad the male version of Karen? Is that what that no, is? No, that's Kevin. That's Kevin. Okay, that's he's Kevin. not a Kevin. He's okay, a Chad. So then I don't know. I don't think I am familiar with what a Chad is. Oh, you've met Chads. Okay. You've met Chads. As well, soon as I get into this, you're yeah, going to have somebody in I'll mind. You're going to have somebody in mind. And you're going to go, oh, he was a fucking Chad. Uh, but to get right into it. So Chad Wheeler was born on January 19th, 1994 in Santa Monica, California, where he attended high school and played offensive tackle and defensive end on the Santa Monica high school football team. And so he's what he's essentially like an offensive lineman. That's okay. what his he does in his career and whatnot. Spoiler alert. A quick bit about this position. So according to a study from Brown University, running backs and quarterbacks suffer the hardest hits to the head, mm. but linemen and linebackers are hit on the head the most often Okay, compared to other players. So okay. homie is getting a lot of bonks to the head. Yeah, not great. Yeah. And this was what, uh, when was he in high school? Like when was he born? He's our age, or he's my age. He was okay. born in 1994, so he graduated high school in 2012. Okay. This is the first time that, like, I don't even need to do the math. We so, know the math is correct. So people are aware of, like, the vast head injuries that yes. happen. So yes. at least he's not playing uh, back way back when, when they were, like, literally put, like, a 
a piece of leather on your head and you're like, go, go bash heads now. Go, go do the thing. Have fun getting concussed. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. This is, this is long after, well, he graduated college like a year after that Will Smith movie concussion. So like, it's pretty known. Okay. It's pretty known. But no, at this point he's in high school and he was very good like he was very quickly noticed for his prowess on the field and was even rated a three-star recruit and ranked as the 114th offensive tackle in his class by rivals.com and that means by like ranked 114th of all of the offensive tackles in the class of 2012 okay in the united states wow so he was ranked 114th yeah so despite a shoulder injury in 2011 during his senior year, Wheeler's career continued when he committed to the University of Southern California to play college football on the USC Trojans. There, he suffered multiple concussions as well as a torn right ACL that ended his 2014 season and a bout of plantar fasciitis that caused him to miss two games in 2016. Ugh. But injuries weren't the only difficulties that Wheeler faced. Okay. Ain't that fun. Uh, so at about 8.45 a.m. on December 19th, 2015, he was detained by police for allegedly punching walls and windows in a South Los Angeles apartment where a 20-year-old friend and her seven-month-old son were. <gasps> yeah. So according also, to... An- Go like, ahead. I think we've said before, punching walls, it's just never fucking cute. Like It's not. Like, don't... Like, you're not so alpha that you gotta, like, fucking punch something. Like, calm down. Who do you think you are, Adam Driver? Like, and you're gonna feel like a fucking idiot when you've got to get the spackle and all that other shit and plaster your wall again because nobody else is gonna fucking do it for you. Um, but yeah, so according to an NBC News report, Wheeler was quote possibly under the influence of drugs or alcohol and possibly, quote, possibly, when he didn't recognize a fellow offensive lineman. And then he threatened the teammate and the LAPD was called and they were ultimately forced to fire beanbag rounds at Wheeler to subdue him, which I understand this is serious. It's not a joke. But at the same time, this dude is six foot seven. And when I tell you the only thing I could think of when I was researching this incident is that scene in Shrek 2 where the fairy godmother is belting I need a hero and that giant gingerbread man is getting pelted with whatever flaming balls of sugar or whatever. Those those I tiny never, men are lobbing at him. <laughs> That's all I, I could can't picture. say. I totally get the reference, but I <laughs> uh, I've never heard of beanbag rounds. It's where you take your cat and you just lob it. No, not my baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Bean Bean could kill a man. He probably could. with his bare paws could. with his bare beans. <laughs> I believe it. Um, but yes, on a more serious note, so he was detained, not arrested. And was instead taken to a hospital to be held under protective custody for a psychiatric evaluation, which is what you should do in these scenarios. But Chad is white. Chad is a prominent football player on USC, which is a big school. It's a big team. I believe USC Trojans are a Division One football team, which means they're like the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, please don't quote me on that. Again, I don't know how, like... I, I don't the I don't ins football. and outs of the game. But I don't yeah. I, I don't football. But I, my point is Yeah, I would agree. Like anytime someone's doing some some wacky stuff, maybe just like hang on to him for a second and be like, Hey, what's been going on with you lately? Yeah, what's up, buddy? What's going um, on? How can we uh, how can we make this fucking stop? 
Yeah. So it was later revealed by Wheeler's father, and I'm talking like five years later revealed, mm -hmm. that in January 16th, 2016, so following this incident, Wheeler was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, allegedly. Mm. Nobody has ever, like, I, I haven't seen any medical rector records confirming this, but allegedly he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. Um, he never addressed the situation until it came back up in March 2016, in which case he tweeted, or yes, I believe he tweeted, he said in a statement, quote, I regret what I did. I apologized to my coach, my teammates, and fans. I did have personal issues, end quote. You apologize to that woman and her kid? That I don't know. Mm. Um, coming out of USC, after he graduated in 2016, Wheeler received mixed draft projections from NFL experts and scouts. Some analysts project projected him to be a fourth or seventh round pick, while others projected him to go undrafted and then be signed immediately as a priority underdrafted free agent. Okay. So Wheeler was ranked the 12th best offensive tackle prospect in the draft by NFLDraftScout.com, and he was regarded as a top prospect based just on talent. But ultimately, he was not drafted right out of college due to his history of multiple injuries and off-the-field issues, like, you know, being detained because he's punching shit. Yeah, like, big teams don't need that sort of stuff mm -hmm. in the news. Mm-hmm. However, he quickly became one of the top undrafted free agents, and on April 30th, 2017, he opted to sign with the New York Giants because they offered him the largest contract, a three-year 1.68 million dollar contract oh which included a $30,000 guaranteed and a signing bonus of $20,000. Oh. Um I definitely missed something in my notes there. I don't think it's $30,000 guaranteed nothing, but I wouldn't even know what to research that with and that's on me as a non-knowing blonde football novice. Sorry. Right. I'm sure we will Technical get people term. that uh Correct somebody let me it. know. Yes, somebody will let me know because that's what some people love to do best. Um, so I went into the wrong career field, though, is basically what I learned from this. Damn, man. Fresh out of college, a year out of college. We both had graduated in 2016. We both got jobs in April 2017 after graduating. I can tell you right the fuck now. I didn't sign a $1.68 million contract for no. my first job out of college. Damn. But yeah, so Wheeler started the season as a backup left tackle and made his debut on October 1st, 2017 in the Giants game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which his team lost 23 to 25. Wheeler then entered the 2018 season as a backup tackle, but was then promoted to starting right tackle in week three. And then on August 31st, 2019, he was then waived, W-A-I-V-E-D, which is like, it's not like people going, hey, um, it's like getting released or like fired from the team. But then he was put on injured reserve, which, according to the NFL, means, quote, not immediately available for participation with a club end quote, the day okay. after he was waived. So basically, like, you're not going to be on our team, but you can't join another team right now because we're trying to figure out what to do with you. That's the vibe I'm getting off of this. OK, weird. Um, no, it's pretty common. Apparently, it's pretty normal. Really? Yeah, my hmm. my dad said a lot of words that I did not understand, but the the gist that I got of it was that like this is kind of like for newbies. It's like, oh, okay. 
Um, so regardless, he ended up being waived from injured reserve with an injury settlement on September 9th. And then on October 15th, 2019, he was signed to the Seattle Seahawks practice squad and then promoted to the active roster on January 8th, 2020. So on September 5th, 2020, Wheeler was waived by the Seahawks and signed to the practice squad the next day. Then he was elevated to the active roster on September 12th and December 5th for the team's weeks 1 and 13 games against the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants, but then was reverted back to the practice squad after every game, but finally was promoted to the active roster on December 12th. I'm... He's just getting tossed all over the place. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting up. He's getting down. He's getting up. He's getting down. And that is the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> of football. Um, but the victory that he gets being promoted to the active roster once again in December is short lived because Chad Wheeler is a USDA certified, not chill dude, TM. Okay. And a fucking Chad. Uh, so around August 2020, Wheeler began dating a 27 year old healthcare worker named Aaliyah Taylor. And the pair met the way many couples have met, especially when you're in the middle of a global pandormic. Tinder. Pandormic. Pandormic is the new word, apparently. No, not Tinder. No. He liked a fuck ton of her Instagram posts and then slid into her DMs. Ah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. You know that's the one. So then she didn't even know who he was. She had to Google him. And she was then just like, oh, he's on the Seahawks. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So in February 2021, Taylor told Elle of their first meeting, quote, when we met up one week later, it felt like destiny. We are both Capricorns who like the same music and the movie Tropic Thunder. We started spending all our time together going on pandemic walks, cooking and babysitting my nephew, end quote. A whirlwind fairy tale romance ensued with the couple exchanging I love yous, calling one another their soulmates and even making plans to like get married and have children. Wow. Yeah. So on January 22nd, 2021, Wheeler texted Taylor, who at this point was his girlfriend of six months, a picture of himself in their bathroom with a shaved head, and then a second text saying, quote, I'm not a skinhead, I swear, end quote. So here's the thing, Taylor, Taylor, Wheeler was like Samson. Wheeler had a fucking mane, what some boys in my high school years called a flow, if you will. Okay. Um. It was long. It was luscious. All right. So this is this is a big ass deal. Him cutting all his hair. He he shaved his head and immediately Taylor was like, something is wrong. Yeah. She she told Elle, quote, you have to understand his hair is his identity. He he had this gorgeous, silky, flowing mane to say it was his pride and joy is an understatement. The new look was shocking and completely out of character. End quote. Yeah. So she immediately was like, something's wrong. She raced home from work. And while Wheeler initially brushed her off and was like, I'm fine. He then just like burst into tears. Yeah. And Taylor did everything she could try to calm him down. She consoled him. She tried talking to him, hugging him. They tried praying together. She reminded him of the peace and relaxation that was waiting for them when they went on their vacation to Hawaii the next day. Like literally they were scheduled to fly to Hawaii the next day for a vacation. And she later told Daily Blast Live in a March 2021 interview, quote, in my mind, thinking he's very emotional. He just had a very hard trip in L.A. He just needs to cry it out, get it out of his system. We'll be on vacay the next morning. The next day, it'll be okay, And it's a safe space at my house. So I just figured that was it. End quote. 
Taylor also ordered them some smoothies for dinner to try to cheer him up and get him to eat. Mm -hmm. But when the food arrived, Wheeler went into the bedroom and closed the door. And when he came out, he was a completely different person. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So he demanded that Taylor, um, again, Wheeler is a white man. He demanded that Taylor, a black woman, quote, bow down, end quote, to him. So she's... Yeah, she's confused. She's like actively backing up away from him and was like, why? And he just repeated this demand. And then Taylor later told Elle, quote, the look in his eyes, a look of determination was terrifying, end quote. Could he have gone in like the other room and like done drugs or something? Yeah, like, I don't know. That That is a very quick like about face yeah. move. I, yeah, I do not know. Um, Wheeler then grabbed Taylor. This is going to be a trigger warning for domestic violence. Um, I would skip about 30 seconds. Um, give you a second to do that. And on to the next part. Um, Wheeler grabbed Taylor by the neck and slammed her onto their bed and began choking her. Taylor told Elle she tried pleading with her boyfriend saying, quote, please, Chad, it's me end quote, but Wheeler simply shoved his fingers in her mouth and continued to choke her with his other hand. Oh, Jesus. So she said in her interview with the Daily Daily Blast Live, quote, the moment he wrapped his fingers around my throat, that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to die. I didn't think I was going to make it as soon as he started strangling me, end quote. The two continued to struggle until Taylor lost consciousness, and when she woke up, Wheeler jumped on top of her again and attacked her until she once again fell unconscious. God. She later told Elle, so she woke up, at, so after she woke up the second time, she became unconscious. She later told Elle, quote, there was blood when I touched my face, a lot of blood. My head was pounding and my entire body ached. Everything felt fuzzy, end quote. Wheeler, meanwhile, was standing in the doorway near the bed. And when she came to the second time, he said in between sips on a smoothie, quote, wow, you're alive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow, wow On the wow, smoothie wow, wow, she wow, wow. bought him, by the way. So he's like literally like slurp. Wow. Slurp. You're alive. So I guess when she initially, like when he slid to her DMs and then she didn't know who he was and then she like found out he was on the Seahawks, assuming, making an assumption that she Googled him possibly. She did. To find yes. out that information. She said she Googled him. Did she also find the information of him being detained? Was that easily accessible online of him having issues in the past? I don't know. I don't think so. Just because it was mentioned in a couple of I I went through a bunch of articles when researching this case. The Seattle Times covered it extensively because, again, like he was on the Seahawks. Um, Different sports outlets. Let's see here. I've got three... Six, nine, twelve, about about 20 sources. Okay. And I would say a handful of those outright mentioned that he had been detained previously. Okay. Now, she later said in interviews, she, she acknowledges that he was detained and that he had a history with the law. Okay. But I don't know whether she knew this at the time. Okay. Um. I'll, I will get into what she did know in a minute, though. So he go he he very callously is like surprised she's alive. 
And at this point, Taylor jumped up and fled to the bathroom, locked the door and called 911. Yeah. Telling the operator she was being, quote, killed, end quote, after a, quote, physical fight, end quote, with Wheeler. Um, And she truly did think that, like, she was not going to live, that she was not going, that she was in the process of dying, if not, he was going to finish the job. Yeah, this Um, is a giant man who, like, basically works out for a living. Yes. So during the call, Taylor begged, quote, please help me now. I'm going to die, end quote. The authorities were then advised that she was by the 911 operator that she was bleeding and her arm was dislocated. And according to the report, which was obtained by the Seattle Times, the responding officers could hear hear Taylor screaming from like when they arrived at the apartment, they could hear her from inside screaming. So they broke down the door. Then they heard the screaming was coming from the bathroom. They had to force their way in there, which is where they found Taylor crying in pain with her face covered in blood and fist marks. And her left arm was swollen and limp against her body. And there were noticeable fingerprints on both sides of her neck. And Wheeler was inside the barricaded inside the bathroom beside her. He had picked the lock after she had locked herself in there and called oh 911 God. and was like in there with her. <gasps> Gets worse. Um so Taylor later said that Wheeler had a, quote, manic episode, end quote, that was not provoked by any sort of argument, but rather began when he suddenly, quote, snapped into a dark place, end quote. That's what she told the cops. Okay. So when asked by the police whether she thought she was going to die, Taylor responded, quote, I thought I already had, end oh quote. Oh, God. So according to the report, Wheeler had been on medication for bipolar disorder, but had not been taking it. Uh, Taylor corroborated this. She knew that he was on bipolar medication, but she believed he had stopped taking it for quite some time. Mm. Um, Wheeler initially refused to cooperate with law enforcement when they burst into the bathroom. And he was tased at least once with, according to the report obtained by the Seattle Times, quote, with little effect, end quote. Oh, wow. Yeah, because this dude's a fucking mountain. Yeah. But ultimately, he they got him to like, come with them he was again detained not arrested and some reports i read said he refused to speak to the officers but others said he allegedly asked the responding officers how they were doing but didn't even bother to like check on his girlfriend so he was just like hey how are you guys as she's like bleeding and i'll get to the extent of her injuries in a bit but like on the floor yeah yeah so taylor was then transported to valley medical center where it was determined she had suffered a fractured humerus and dislocated elbow. Furthermore, charging documents later revealed that a chest scan indicated that Taylor had aspirated fluid from a burst blood vessel, and she vomited large amounts of blood the next day. She also reported a sore throat, difficulty swallowing and eating, a headache and neck pain. She had suffered a concussion, um, but she survived. And, like, just, just imagine the fact that this woman survived this. Like, I mean... Again, this dude is huge. He is six foot seven and 310 pounds. He's an NFL lineman. Yeah. And she was strangled, punched, sat on, and she survived. Yeah. Taylor later called her survival, quote, an act of God, end quote. And like, honestly, regardless of what you want to call it, if you believe in a higher power, if you don't, just like, what a fucking strong, badass lady yeah and and what a fucking miracle that she lived because she was only i think i think i read somewhere that she was five nine 145 pounds Mm. so she's about a foot shorter than him she's about half his weight and she like was severely hurt yeah i mean she she got away yeah she did the right thing about like getting 
to a safe space and calling for help. Yeah, but the fact that he also even fucking picked the lock, like, what a, oh my god. Terrifying. So, Wheeler was booked into the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle, Washington at 1.19 a.m. and charged with first-degree assault, domestic violence, a Class A felony, unlawful imprisonment, domestic violence, and resisting arrest. The Seahawks initially released a statement two days later on January 25th saying, quote, we are aware of the situation and still gathering information, end quote. And according to the Seattle Times, the following day on Tuesday, January 26th, um, he was remanded on a $400,000 bond and he made bail almost immediately. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So on January 27th, the Seattle Seahawks issued a statement on their social media announcing Wheeler would not be returning to the team saying, quote, the Seahawks are saddened by the details emerging against Ch- Chad Wheeler and strongly condemn this act of violence. Our thoughts and support are with the victim. Chad is a free agent and no longer with the team. If you are experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. All calls are, are toll-free and confidential. The hotline is available 24-7 in more than 170 languages. We encourage Chad to get the help he needs. If you are experiencing mental health issues, please reach out for help. For immediately for immediate help with a mental health crisis or thoughts of suicide, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, TRS 1-800-799-4889, end quote. Mm-hmm. And TRS is a is a is another type of um like not toll-free, but it's like a type of I can't describe it right now because my brain is not in the right place. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. However, this is not necessarily like out of the goodness of their hearts um, because Wheeler's contract, it turns out, was already set to expire with the Seahawks and the club allegedly told the offensive lineman that he would not be back with them in 2021 prior to the incident. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they like spun it like, oh, we don't we don't condone this and he's out. But in actuality, he was out before that. Yeah. Um, less than two hours after the Seahawks tweeted their statement on his removal, Wheeler also took to social media and tweeted, quote, events happen over events happened over the weekend that transpired from a manic episode. I am deeply sorry for the pain and suffering that I have caused Aaliyah and her family. I apologize profusely for the turmoil that I have caused to my family teammates, fans, and those closest to me. The most important thing right now is that Aaliyah gets the care she needs and I get help. Both are happening. It is time for me to walk away from football and get the help I need to never again pose a threat to another. I cannot express my sorrow or remorse enough. I am truly ashamed, end quote. An NFL spokesperson told ESPN that the matter was under review of the league's personal conduct policy and they were deciding basically whether or not he would be suspended. I mean, he he said... That he should walk away, like, it's time for him to walk away from football, which I think is probably good for his mental health. Like, yeah, he needs to uh, take his medication that is prescribed to him by his doctor, uh, maybe go to therapy, quit Yeah, therapy is good. Take a yoga class, maybe. (laughs) Take a yoga class. Just Um, chill for a minute. Yes and no. Yes and no, because we'll get into more. Okay. So on February 1st, Wheeler and Taylor, who was, she was wearing a sling for her arm. Um, a, she They appeared in King County District Court in Washington. 
And a criminal advocate supervisor with the King County Prosecutor's Office read a statement on Taylor's behalf in which she shared details from the incident and said she did not feel safe as long as Wheeler was out of custody. The supervisor also objected to Wheeler's request that he be allowed to stay at, it it was said, his home in Hawaii while awaiting trial. Um, And this is his, his, the defense had requested this, saying that his only residence in Washington was the apartment he shared in Kent with Taylor. Okay. But the supervisor said that Wheeler should stay in, that Wheeler staying in Los Angeles would be Taylor's preference if he was not kept in jail. Yeah. And he didn't have a residence in Hawaii. He wanted to go on the vacation they had booked. Ugh. Yeah. So Taylor later told Daily Blast Live, quote, he almost took my life and he knows how important I am to so many people in such a brutal way. And then he expected to go on vacay still, which was odd being in court and hearing that he still wanted to go to Hawaii after. I just don't think that he fully understands the consequences. This isn't the first run in he's had with the cops in a violent manner. I just feel like he needs to understand the consequences of what he did. I just don't think that him not going to prison would be beneficial to him or public safety at all, end quote. I don't think he understands the consequences because it sounds like last time there really weren't. There weren't consequences. He underwent a psyche valve, but he got no legal repercussions for at the very least intimidation and property damage. Yeah. And even now, like there wasn't anything. Um, so Wheeler pleaded not guilty to all the charges of domestic violence and resisting arrest and whatnot, as you remember, against him. And he was also ordered to not have contact with Taylor, to surrender all weapons, and to remain in Washington under electronic home detention with a GPS-equipped ankle monitor. At that time, his case-setting hearing was scheduled for February 11th. According to the Seattle Times, the trial was originally set to begin at the Malang, Malang, Regional Justice Center in Kent, Washington, on April 6th, before it was pushed back to first June 1st, then again to August 26th. This is all in 2021, mm-hmm. with a case setting hearing scheduled for July 15th and an omnibus hearing, which is like a pretrial hearing in which they go over evidence and testimonies okay. for July 29th. First degree domestic violence assault, as again, again, I'm just going to repeat, it's a class A felony in Washington state. Domestic violence is, um, and unlawful imprisonment are Class C felony. Or domestic violence, unlawful imprisonment. It's like a one thing. Okay. That's a Class C felony. So basically, like TLDR, according to prosecutors, if he's convicted, Wheeler could be sentenced to anywhere from 8 to 12 years in prison. Okay. But they keep pushing back his trial date. All right. So as of this recording... I have seen no mention of Wheeler being suspended from the NFL, but there is a change.org petition in place demanding he be suspended indefinitely. Uh, it's as of the time we're recording this, so a little over a week before the Super Bowl. Um, it's just under 175 signatures away from meeting its 15,000 signature goal. Wow. Yeah, but that's the thing is it probably would have more signatures, but like nobody really talked about this. The NFL kind of brushed it under the rug. They said they were going to review it. That was a year ago. Like I, didn't, like I was surprised as you were saying dates. I didn't know that this was so recent. I don't know how like and I'm not trying to be like, hell, I'm better than everybody. Um, I don't know how this ended up on my radar, but it did. And I'm really glad it did because nobody fucking talked about it. Yeah. Like and still like hardly anybody is talking about it. 
Like, it's just, I, I gotta say, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it, it really, I don't know. It, it really bothers me. Um, but regardless, some more positive stuff. Um, Wheeler seems to have deleted all of his social media at the time of this recording. But Taylor is still somewhat active. She even tweeted last month, quote, let's normalize our ex's reviews slash warnings, end quote, with a graphic that looks like it was maybe from an Instagram story. Okay. And it reads, quote, I'm sure there's a silly girl out there that still wants to date Chad. Here is a warning. He's charming and great at mimicking personalities. He can get along with anyone. You will never know what he's actually thinking unless you read his diary. Unfortunately, I found it after it was too late. He's great at triangulation slash manipulation. He would talk badly about his ex, but I found out that it was mostly untrue. I've been praying for that girl. He's a love bomber, meaning after he does something wrong, he will immediately switch back to being nice. He's just testing you to see how far he can go. His family and friends will excuse anything he does. This is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And she posts on her social media like often talking about like run-ins she had with his family during like the hearing, like even how his family has addressed it. And basically like the, his family did nothing to get him the help he needed to like, like at one point she had said something about like seeing his stepmom at this, at this February 1st hearing and said like cordially was just like, so how are you? And the stepmom said something to the effect of like, well, I was able to get childcare for my kids. Wow. And like, yeah, yeah. Like just shit like that. Yeah. Um, So Taylor is still affected by the ordeal. She told Elle, quote, there hasn't been a night that I haven't woken up in cold sweats, especially knowing he is out on bail. I can't help but think that if he did this to me with so much to lose, what would he be willing to do to me now with nothing to lose? End quote. Yeah. However, given that she is, again, a strong, badass survivor, Taylor hasn't let this stop her. She is no longer in the healthcare field. She works as a model and an advocate for domestic violence survivors. Mm. She is actively working to improve Washington's court backlog and the way they handle domestic violence cases. She has appeared on CBS Mornings and the Tamron Hall show to tell her story and to, again, like bring more awareness to domestic violence and just encourage people to get help, to seek help. Mm-hmm. And... She told Elle, quote, my survival means something. I find purpose now in wanting to help people, in wanting to let them know they are not alone. I'm still healing, but there's no doubt in my mind I will get through this. I want others to know they can get through it, too. End quote. Mm. And once again, like Chad Wheeler, a a fucking Chad, if I have ever seen one, um, is just doing him. He is still out on bail. He is still not facing like they keep pushing back his trial um just last month they pushed his omnibus hearing to april 21st 2022 and trial date to may 19th 2022 but that's ridiculous who knows yeah who knows when that's gonna happen again um and it's just it's it keeps going and going and going and once again he is not in custody so fucked up yeah, it's really fucked up. And hopefully he will hopefully hopefully Aaliyah Taylor will get justice. Hopefully he will finally see some consequences to his actions because once again, like 
I, I just can't, it boggles my mind that this was a year ago and the NFL was like, we're going to look into this. And then nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sure we can think of other people who were unceremoniously booted from the NFL for much less. Um, it's Colin Kaepernick. I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick? Okay. Um, I got that. But <laughs> yeah, but this one's just a, I don't know. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating to me, at least. And it's pop culture. It's true crime. So we're talking about it. Yeah. Super Bowl is next weekend. It's this weekend, technically, because today is Tuesday, despite the fact what we're living, what our narrative says, what our timeline says. Yeah. And yeah. Well, then. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's there we go. Yes. And once again, um, if anybody does, if anybody is going through a situation in which there is domestic violence or if you know somebody who is, the domestic violence hotline, National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233 or you can go to thehotline.org and please, like, just, and, and for mental health too because this is, I think, in part a mental health issue yeah the fact is. that he that he hasn't received consequences no like it doesn't matter if you are mentally unhealthy you need to deal with the consequences of your actions um it's not a free pass it's not an excuse and that i'm saying that as a mentally unhealthy person marcus parks, um, marcus parks says uh your mental health is not your fault but it is your responsibility Yes, exactly. And to stop taking your medications, like all of that is, I can understand it. Trust me, I can understand it. But at the same time, in his situation, he did not really have an excuse. Um, he had and, the medication and everything. And and he had the capacity to get more. It wasn't like, like, I can understand people who stopped taking it because they can't afford it or because they lose their insurance. But this yeah. was not. He, he was in a position where if he needed something, he probably could have gotten it at the drop of a hat. Yes. And he was not forthcoming with the information with at least like it was kind of like she seemed to know about it. But at the same time, his family kind of just like brushed it under the rug. His father was very quick to be like, oh, well, he's got he's got bipolar disorder after his son was arrested for nearly murdering his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's it's really tough. But at the same time, if you're struggling with your mental health, once again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Um, like you're, you're not alone. Nothing is nearly as bad as you think it is. Like I used to always say to, or my grandma used to always say to us, like things always seem worse at night. Um, and sometimes you go through a lot of nights, but in this particular situation, uh, he just, he's getting away with things because he is in a position to. Yeah. 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 It's the worst. Yep. Happy well, Super Bowl, everybody. Happy, happy Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, Watch the Puppy Bowl. Yeah, Puppy I Bowl's fine. I get some delighted. I want a kitten bowl. They, they have a kitten halftime show. They what? Yeah. Have you never watched the I Puppy Bowl? No, I don't have cable. You can watch it online. Do I look like I'm rich enough to have cable? I get my mental health meds or I get cable? I don't get both. No. 
Damn. We're in America. Whew. <laughs> anyway, um, our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. That's us. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also Patreon. And if you are a member of our Patreon and you are at the level where you get to vote on what we talk about, run to the, don't walk, run <laughs> to the Patreon right now and vote on our next episode because we have to record it early because I have a concert for my husband next weekend. Oh, she's got a husband? Yeah. So if you're in the, um, well, this it would be this Saturday. If you're in yeah. the um, New York Pearl River area, hit me up. Hit Haley up. You can come and see the show. It is an anti-Valentine's Day party. And there's a lot of pop punk songs, and it'll be a fun time. Hell yeah. I wish I could be there. It sounds very fun. Yeah. I feel like everything I say at this point is coming off as insincere, but I'm truly just trying to come down from that absolute clusterfuck that is this case. It's all right. <laughs> I think everybody should. What is something happy that people can watch to uh, eye bleach? Oh, oh, Abbott Elementary. It's by okay. Quinta Brunson. She's, you may remember her from BuzzFeed. Her. Yeah. Um, she's got a show. It's called Abbott Elementary, and it's really good. You can watch it on Hulu or I think NBC or ABC. Uh, it's got um the it's got the kid from Everybody Hates Chris. Okay. It's got Cheryl Lee Ralph, who I just I love. All right. Um, it's but it's very good. It's a comedy. It's kind of similar in tone and like to parks and rec but it's about an elementary school in philadelphia cute and it's yeah it's a really good show so watch that for ear slash eye bleach um and that's 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 where i'm at oh actually no i've got another one okay um <laughs> there a friend of mine worked on a series that just came out on netflix that is up there in terms of extremely loud and incredibly close and shockingly wicked and extremely vile um it's it's a mini series starring Kristen bell called the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window i'll say that one more time <laughs> the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window it's that netflix show with Kristen bell <laughs> it's that netflix show with Kristen bell my friend drew worked on it and let's Let's show him some support. Let's show him we love him. I know somebody that is in the Netflix show Archive 81. Ooh! Yeah, so go watch that. That's actually pretty good. It's very sci-fi-y. It's very fun. Ooh, we love sci-fi. Yeah. It's Hell yeah. Cool. It's a, so a twisty-turny have... fun tale. So go. Yeah, now you've got things that you can do. And I think Archive 81 is actually based on a podcast. Oh. Oh, that's... Oh, I should look into that. Yeah. We should all look into that. It's now we have time. homework. Who's going to watch, watch the that. Super Bowl? None of us. We're going to watch these things instead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. That's us. That's what us. What did we say at the top of the episode? What's our new tagline? <sighs> My brain is pea soup. I don't remember. That's my new tagline. <laughs> my brain is, these, is Big yuck. Soup. Big yuck. Bye. Big yuck. Bye. Doesn't have as much of a ring to it. Bye. Bye.